Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 59 and 60, Unmasking War Crimes and Updates on West African Conflicts. To have a deeper look at this topic, uh, we have today with uh, us Aman Bezre. Hi, Aman. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Omkar. Thank you for having me again. Yes, thank you very much. We are really glad to have you back on the podcast. As I mentioned oh, previously, uh, that yeah, your previous episodes were really great. Uh, brought in a lot of different perspectives, and uh, even on our podcast, we cover something that is really. different yeah. from what the mainstream media covers so uh, we are really glad that you're working on this topic yes yes absolutely and yeah i, I would say like keep up with your good work and please uh, keep us providing with this new perspectives <laughs> absolutely we'll keep doing yes. that no problem yes uh, also aman like uh, we have gathered uh, you know lot more audience since our last conversation back in august mm-hmm. uh, and there is there are you know quite quite a lot of uh, uh, people from different countries especially the south asian region and latin america as well Uh, so if you Fantastic. could give uh, yeah if you could give a little bit perspective on your background and how uh, you ended up what you're doing at the moment from your academics till now uh, that would be great a brief journey about yourself of course of course um so my name is aman bizri and i'm uh, a political analyst um i started with my career uh, as being a journalist covering uh, the war in syria and then i moved to london and started working for security companies covering west africa uh, and now i'm focused on central sahel region on mali niger and burkina faso um uh, and i conduct um uh, investigations into insecurity incidents and human rights violations but i also provide political briefs uh on uh, the national and regional dynamics um so this is me in a nutshell that's great that's great and uh yeah now without any defocusing anything i would like to take a jump into the straight uh, into the topic basically so you know a lot has been going on uh, especially in the african region and we are seeing you know a lot in the middle east as well Uh, mm-hmm. so from that perspective can you provide an overview of the current situation regarding the insecurities and human rights in the context of the conflicts in the sahel region countries uh, particularly burkina faso and mali of course so indeed a lot uh, has been uh, going on but when it comes to the sahel region the uh, security situation uh, it keeps deteriorating uh, daily actually uh, especially with the involvement of wagner group in in mali and now we have seen new deployment uh, of the group in burkina faso uh, 
um, and these, this group is cooperating with the national armies and has uh, been specifically in Mali and has been implicated in committing human rights uh, abuses. Um, however, like Wagner Group is not the sole entity accused of human rights violations in the region. So many state actors and non-state actors are involved in conducting uh, uh, attacks against civilians and and and, and uh, accused of human rights violations. Uh, this includes also violent uh, extremist organizations, so BEOs, uh, such as um, Al-Qaeda-linked uh, group, Jamaat Nusrat al-Islam al-Muslimin, or JNAM, uh, and also the Islamic uh, uh, State militants in the Sahel province uh, called uh, uh, ISSP or ISGS. Uh, so, so many actors on the ground are being involved uh, in human rights violations. The security, the security situation keeps uh, deteriorating because, uh, you know, following the withdrawal of French forces from the Sahel, there's been a surge of activity um, and spill over to uh, other countries. So in 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 short, uh, the situation has been uh, has been deteriorating and there's like major destabilization to 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 the region, to the Sahel region. Interesting. I mean, you mentioned about the state and the non-state actors. Uh, so mm -hmm. can you just give a little bit, uh, you know, kind of a brief overview of the non-state actors in general which are uh, primarily involved in this region of course yeah. so we have so many non-state actors uh on the ground including uh self-defense groups uh, or militias some of which cooperate with the national armies and conduct uh, uh operations along the armies uh, uh, and are accused of human rights violation. This is something that you can see in Mali and Burkina Faso in particular, uh, where um, uh, self-defense groups from certain ethnicities uh, have been uh, uh, conducting CT operations, so counter-terrorism operation alongside the, the uh, national armies. We also have uh, violent extremist organizations, namely uh, JNM uh, and, and ISGS, uh, uh, along with other affiliated groups um, such as uh, uh, um, Ansarul Islam, um, yes. in Burkina Faso. Um, the, we also have uh, the ex-rebels uh, groups who are not uh, uh, directly involved in, in major human rights violation, but they are considered non-state actors and they are uh, yes. um, uh, they are active in Northern Mali, provide some sort of uh, governance, for example, conduct patrols, uh, uh, provide services to the people although they are not part of uh, uh, the state or part of the government um, so yes. this is in general the umbrellas uh, of uh, uh, the non-state actors that we're, we talk, we're talking about when it comes to the Sahar region interesting and you know just a little bit step ahead on further implications and the factors so what are the key factors contributing to the ongoing terror issues in the Sahel region and basically how they how do they impact the region's stability? Uh, well, actually, in the Sahel region, there are so many factors that are exacerbating the security and humanitarian crisis. And 
impacting also the region's stability. Um, but to put it simply, there's been like a series of military coups uh, that affected the region's stability. Uh, there's been the withdrawal of French forces, uh, the deployment of Wagner Group, and uh, obviously the escalating jihadi activities uh, uh, in, in the region. And all of this is contributing to the region's uh, destabilization. Um, and, and it's not just those factors, like the decisions that came out of like that came out of these developments. So, for example, we now have new uh, military leaders across the central Sahel region uh, who are making decisions that are changing the face of the region. So we now have Niger, Mali and Burkina Faso withdrawing from the economic community of West African state, the ECOWAS, and forming a new alliance, which is called the Alliance of Sahel State, which is further destabilizing the region, but also creating a division between the central Sahel states, so again, Niger, Burkina Faso and Mali, and the other Western African nations. Um, which is adding like more uh, uh, an additional layer of of complications in 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 the region. Um, so this is in, in like in short the the factors contributing to the uh, uh, destabilization of the region. Interesting. But, but we have to yeah. we have to. Let me just let me quickly add here. We have to bear yeah. in mind that every country of yes. those countries has its own specificity and national dynamics that is that is affecting its stability and security situation so we have also to bear in mind that every country is different sort of like or it has yes. its own specificity so for example in mali we can see that the uh, the the French and European forces withdrew by a request from the government, and we have the deployment of Wagner that is involved heavily involved actually in in in, in conducting city operations. Uh, we also have uh, 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 the 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 annulment of the peace accord uh, uh, at the beginning of of this year, which is contributing also to the rising violence between the ex rebels and the authorities and or the military junta. So every country has its own uh, national dynamics, to put it um, in that way. Interesting. And uh, I mean, I can actually re uh, relate this region because I'm from South Asia originally. Mm. And I can actually relate this region a little bit to Balochistan, which has been, you know, kind of... Uh, of course, of uh, course. Yeah, which is in conflict. I mean... It's yeah, really yeah. an economic, economic powerhouse, basically. But unfortunately, all three countries, I mean, India has been involved because of uh, Iran. And then Iran and Pakistan actually share the border altogether. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, neither of these countries have, you know, worked out things very well. And I think the suffering population over there is the Baluchi population. Uh, but uh, No, no, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm aware of yeah. the dynamics there. Yes, yes. So I think I can I can actually relate to the situation, especially. Uh, I mean, uh, this is just a general uh, perspective from uh, human side that uh, the cost of you know uh, uh, reaching, I mean, uh, scaling the economic powerhouse of your nation can you know lead to the value chain at the end of the day. Some I mean, someone else is suffering on the other side of the value chain at the end, and I think Africa exactly. in general has yeah, Africa in general has been extremely exploited 
uh, in a very that to you know i would say bad manner uh, not in a good way uh, and i think it's time now that uh, you know things change at least uh, by you know people realizing that you know this is not how things should go basically exactly yeah. it's always the people who suffer really yes yes absolutely and uh, yeah just to take a step ahead uh, into the topic uh, so how have peace accords in mali unraveled and uh, what challenges do rebels pose in their promise to retake control um so let me like, just like give um, a, a bit of context here so in mali the, the military junta has annulled the peace accord the beginning of of this year uh, and this is following an escalation in 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 violence uh, between the former rebels groups groups and the malian uh, military uh, uh, or fama we can call them the, the fama uh, which uh, the detention started in last august um but for a, for a very long time the ex rebels have been expressing concerns over the lack of of good, goodwill gestures from the malian government uh since actually the signature of the peace signing the, since the signing of the peace accord which happened in 2015 um and from there both both sides have been requesting some revisions to certain articles of the argument so to to the agreement so so you can say that the peace accord was already fragile and it was um it was born in a, in a, in, a, in with a deficiency in a way so it wasn't like a consolidated peace accord that would have been durable uh, uh for the country um but the 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 reason why uh, mali or malian authorities wanted to um cancel the the peace accord is because they've been actually in conflict with the ex rebels since august last year which defies the idea of the peace accord um and also the rebels themselves withdrew from part the participation in in uh, in the peace accord so it 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 just it was just like so the annulment of the peace accord was just like announcing um of of the death of of a patient that we already know he was dead in a way um i hope i'm making sense here yeah um so this is what happened and now mali is initiating its own uh, peace process which is called the intermalian dialogue um and by by initiation by taking control of the um of the process uh the million authorities will be able to include the actors that they want to negotiate with and exclude the actors that are not uh seen as favorable or or they're not they're not they're not seen as uh partners for peace such as uh um uh, the extrables group uh the coordination for aswad movement cma um so this is where we're at now we have we don't have a peace accord in mali anymore we have a new process a national process uh, uh taken uh, taken control uh, or managed by the malian authorities and it's excluding key actors from northern mali um 
obviously we, we're all waiting to see what's going to come out of this process and how this will result in a, 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 a piece. I think it's not going to result in a durable piece. Uh, actually, uh, a piece in Mali would not be, um, would not be uh, feasible without uh, the involvement of actors from Northern Mali. Interesting. And uh, I mean, just to kind of look at this issue again from the rebels group. So can you elaborate on the role of rebel groups in Mali and their strategies in attempting to retake control after the end of the peace accords? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the rebels are all now based on. So just let me um give you a bit of context uh, yes. in november uh in november last year fama the malian armed forces entered kidal which is a region in northern mali uh, uh controlled by the ex-rebels or the rebels and they had to withdraw from their locations to the border uh, of algeria to some locations in border of algeria uh and mountain mountain areas so they withdrew from their location and they allowed Fama to enter uh, uh, the the region that has historically been connected to their governance or connected with them or associated with the govern governance of, of those uh, rebels. And since then, we haven't seen any major resistance uh, acts uh, from the rebels. Um, but we are seeing some uh, political lobbying for from on the side of, of these groups to um, sort of get to get the international support or regional support they need. But in terms of, of, of military action, we're not seeing any major uh, resi resistance uh, activity. Um, and uh, to be honest, their agenda is not clear uh, at this point. Like we don't, I personally don't know what they plan to do especially that they've lost uh, 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 the region that they that they you know that they historically um, uh, have governed uh, which is the Kida region but uh, let me add, add here on the side of of the Malian armed forces the Malian armed forces have continued uh, with conducting operations against the groups in in northern against the rebels in northern Mali, but also communities associated with 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 them. So uh, they've been attacking Tuaregs, uh, the Tuareg ethnic group. They've been attacking Arabs, uh, Fulani, Songhai. Um, actually, to a lesser extent, uh, but uh, mainly Tuaregs and Arabs. Uh, so Fama is continuing with with its operations, and um, I think just in December uh, last year, end of last year, they conducted an airstrike that killed uh, a rebel leader. So they are persisting in 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 conducting uh, operations and actually consolidating power over uh, northern Mali. So yeah, how do the conflicts in Mali impact the? Uh, daily lives of the local population and what are the humanitarian challenges in the region? Um, 
It's, uh, I mean, there are so many humanitarian challenges in the region, but I'm just going to focus on Mali and the um, the uh, the challenges resulting from uh, the conflict itself. So um, I'm not going to talk about uh, climate change and all of that, but when it comes yeah. to Mali, unfortunately, like all actors are taking it out on the civilians. So at the moment we have blockades, for example, on key routes, uh, uh, by um, by the rebels. Uh, actually, the rebels like lifted the blockade, but they 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 imposed a blockade for a very long time on northern uh, Mali, um, and they were not allowing uh, goods and and food to enter the region. We also have blockades from uh, Islamic uh, State in 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 the Sahel province, so ISGS um, on on Menaka, also northern Mali. We also have Jainim imposing two uh, blockades on on Timbuktu and Lere so uh, the the population obviously they are suffering they're hungry it's so difficult to in in some in some towns it's so difficult to uh, uh to find uh, uh rice and sugar so basic needs for those people um the situation the humanitarian situation is actually very bad uh, but we also have attacks from uh Fama and Wagner on civilians um uh, uh we, we also have displacement uh uh so like all all of that is is contributing to the worsening situation humanitarian situation in 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 in, in Mali um we're also seeing uh, retaliation attacks uh, by fama so whenever they feel that there's a community that has been sympathizing with peos or jihadi groups or the rebels they attack those groups so there's there are so many factors contributing to uh to the worsening uh, living situation of the local populations. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, then please like, share and subscribe. See you in the next episode. Thank you.